What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. I'm Kyle Corbus. Uh, super excited this week. Uh, great week, great start of the week, um, and uh, I'm just really excited. I got a guy on here that I've been a fan of for for a pretty long time, and in 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 my aspect of things, Adam Hood, man, thank you for coming to hang out with me, dude. I'm really excited to get to uh, know you a little bit here, talk to you, and talk about some of your great music. And uh, I'm just I'm just stoked. So thanks for coming to hang. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm a I'm a fan of what you do too. I think you're doing some great stuff. So so thank you for having me. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. So so um I want to start not really in the beat. Your stories, your story, you know, you have a lot of music out. Let's just put it that way. There's something I want, <laughs> yeah. there's something I want to dive into here and 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 I have written down that I want to bring up in a little, a little bit. But for the people who don't know you, um, can you just kind of spark notes version, brief, start like, you know. Who are you? Why you're here? And uh, how you've gotten to this point? You're from Alabama, and and you know, go on. And- yeah, so I'm I'm from Alabama. Uh, I, man, I've been doing this for a long time. I put out I put out an EP uh, like 2000. Uh, well, let's back up a little bit. So I, I put out a little solo acoustic album 2000 2002. That got me to a, a friend of mine. We recorded a little EP in 2004. Um, that got me to Texas where, you know, I, I mean, shoot, I still spend three weekends out of my month in Texas. Um, and so through a couple of years of traveling around Texas, I met Miranda Lambert. She got me a job writing songs in Nashville. Um, and that kind of got me to where I am now pretty much. And so, it, I mean, it's just been, you know, but I've, I still live in Alabama, still play in Texas, still write in Nashville. Um, it is is not the the uh, the the path I would advise to anybody. <laughs> it's, it's 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 certainly what what works best for us. And so yeah, I mean I've just I've been at it for for a while now, just kind of teetering that just the 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 poles between writing songs for other people and writing songs for myself. And so uh, yeah yeah, doing what I do. I, I love it. So so it's funny because you just mentioned the uh, you said you put out a little acoustic uh album there and then that led to the ep uh that album i'm assuming you're you're the, you're talking about 21 to enter correct yes sir yeah well, i love that album which is so funny because it's just like it's this thing. Land, dude that's that's the that's the deep cut right there <laughs> exactly so do, do you remember i don't know this has been months ago at this point you had a bunch of extra cds of that album right still do yeah. i hopped i hopped on that train because i have i drive an old car I drive a 2008 Ford Escape. It's got no miles on it, so that's why I still drive it. But um, it's still a CD player. And, you know, nice. occasionally my phone dies, and I'm like, man, I got so – so I have, like, what I call, like, the 10, like, uh, the, the 10 gold records in my – it's, like, records I could put in no matter what and love listening to all the time. And that's one of them. So I, I listen to that album all the time. Uh, I love it it's like this house is like one of my i love that song there's so many songs on here that i love but it's funny how you mention it you're just like i just put out this like little uh, acoustic thing but it's so different from everything else you put out so i get it but yeah well and it was and it was you know and it's it's really ironic that that anybody even i mean dude number one those were the first songs i ever wrote number two that was i mean it was literally like a board tape at, at a place called the loft in columbus georgia and like that was that that was the place it was like the first consistent gig i had that i could go play my songs you know what i mean like I, you know being i'm a, i was from right across the river i was from i'm from opelika alabama which i'm about 30 minutes from the georgia state line and so you know opelika is auburn which is a college town and so college towns means cover bands and and so you know it was 
it was fighting that battle for years and years until un, until I found the loft. And then the loft was the place where I could actually go play, you know, 30, 45 minutes of, of all the material that I had. And that was that was basically I mean, that was it was one show uh, front to back, with the exception of like the last song on there. I recorded that song at Eddie's Attic. And um, and same thing. I mean, Eddie's was was the next place that I went that, that would let me play my own songs. Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, those were I mean, you talk about green. I mean, that was that that was that was the the nucleus. That was the, yeah. the genesis of of where I, you know, kind of where I got started with those songs and that room and that CD and everything. That was exactly where I came from. So it's I love cool. that you still embrace it though. I like yeah, you could have easily exactly. taken it down. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that then that also that 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 like you, like people still embrace it too. Like every, you know, I mean, granted you can listen to that record and then listen to the last stuff I put out and you can obviously see the, the, the progress, you know what I mean? Which is, again, that's a cool thing. It's something that, that if anything, I mean, I'm by no means ashamed of, I'm not ashamed of those songs. I'm not, you know, I mean, and, and it's, I feel like it's one of those things that like you can, if, if you, if you really want to take a deep dive and, and see from where someone started to where they are now, like I can give you that, you know what I mean? And, and I, I feel like that, I hope that that's something that's liberating for people. I had a conversation with somebody the other day and, and, you know, they were, they were saying that, you know, they, they, they hear these, these, you know, guys that, that kind of get started and you know they 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 put out these records that, that they don't sound all that great and stuff like, but i mean well, you got to get started somewhere man i mean give us a break you know what i mean like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna come out with with the white album out of the gate you know what i'm saying like i mean even the beatles didn't do that you know what i mean so so it's you know i hope that that that, that the existence of that 21 to enter still being out there is at least you know it's a, it's a, I can do that mentality. If I right. if, if listen to my stuff and go, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, man, Adam, Adam put out records that sounded like crap for, for a while, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Right. And what I think is really cool is, and I talk, I talk about this hour I have before and for any young songwriter or artist who, who may be listening and, and has maybe this thought, what you just said is perfect, right? Because there are so many people that go on and say, yeah, this early stuff, like, wasn't that good. Like the songs weren't good. The recordings weren't good. I just like wish that I didn't have to hear about it. Right. And then you have some bozo like me who says that one of those songs is like one of their favorite songs. And you're like, like, I really appreciate that, but like, why? Right. And, and, and for me, like if you're putting out a record and your next record isn't, you don't see a change and growth, then like, what's, you know what I mean? Like your next step should always be more. Like you should always try and shoot for more. I think that's really important to do, especially as a young artist and, and someone who's, you know, trying to, to put stuff out, right? Like everything. And even you, like you've, you know, you have one, two, you have seven, going to be seven albums out, right? Seven full projects. And there's, and there's difference for all of them. And I think that's so important, especially in growth and anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing I, I, you know, I still want to, I want to, I want to be able to sort of showcase growth because I'm still growing, you know, I mean, I, I, I read an article with John Hyatt and, you know, Hyatt's the reason why I do what I do, you know? And so, I mean, this was later on in his career and he said the same thing. He said, you know, I'm still finding music I want to make and, and still wanting to learn how to make new music and, and, you know, and it's not even making new music. Like I'm not even trying to do different styles of things. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get more direct into the styles that I do. There's a whole world and in, in, in the, you know, I call it Southern music, but man, inside of Southern music, there's, 
there's just so many different avenues of it that that are all all you know at least explorable to me you know i i i think that's so important and and uh you know that brings me into something that i that i wanted to bring up too by the way i, I just i just have to say uh, that 21 to enter uh cd uh that's signed and i i think it's so cool i i had to say it right like we're sitting here and like you can't fanboy but it's signed and i think it's so cool and i'm just like <laughs> I, I i have like a console i put all the cds in uh, that one does not sit in the console because I don't want anyone to, like I don't want anything to crack it. So I keep it like right <laughs> under, it's so funny. It sounds so ridiculous. It's, funny. it's, it's no, funny. I love it. None, nonetheless. Um, so so something you brought up that, that was important is like you call it southern music, right? Um yeah. and when you listen, and I also find that this is probably why I latched on to you early on in my uh country music days, I'll say. Um mm. I always bring up, you know, I've I've been listening to country music for probably 10 or 11 years that's it um, 25 right like i found it at some point in my high school years and right. um like early on I, I stumbled across you and i i think the reason why was because uh you weren't too for me you weren't too overwhelmingly country from the start right and uh for me the reason why i dove into uh the southern music side of things was because uh, a lot of what i grew up on was classic rock and um really songwriter heavy stuff and uh that's what i was looking for right so i think the, the the and i tell me if i'm wrong but i think the reason why i last sean was because um you know you were a little bluesy a little rock a little country a little soul right it was all of this stuff that was a hodgepodge of one it still is and that's was my appeal and i think that if i was to play you for my friends that don't love country music they would like you for that reason because it's it's not super overwhelmingly um cowboy-esque might add might right say. exactly and, and you know and, and that's the thing i mean you know when i got started i, I mean I, when i was really you know i mean i started in church just like the mo most of us do and so i mean I, I learned to play guitar through a lot of like contemporary christian artists well mm -hmm. but i learned to write songs when i really got into it that was when i mean garth brooks was that was garth's first album clint black's first two albums and that was kind of i mean in, in my opinion that was uh, Garth Brooks was the first person to really kind of showcase what a singer songwriter was, yeah. meaning he, you know, he was really, he was really outspoken about, you know, and I know you had Tony Arado in here. Like yeah. I knew exactly who Tony Arado was because of the fact that, that Garth Brooks had a hit with the dance. And he said, Tony Arado wrote this oh, until yeah. that, I didn't know that there was a difference, you know, until John Hyatt, I didn't realize that other people actually wrote these songs for folks like that. And so because I, but because of those guys, now, granted, you know, I mean, you go look at Clint Black's catalog and I mean, especially those first, you know, half a dozen albums, he and Hayden Nicholas wrote every one of them, you know, every one of them. And so but that was also the cool thing about it. I had Garth Brooks, who was who was singing his praises to the people that that the outside songs, the other writers that you would never know who they were. But then you had Clint Black, in my opinion, who who. Um, was equally as talented and and like just both of them just really cool avenues of the hat country guys but still wrote every one of his songs you know what i'm saying and so it, it it was it was a really it was a really cool time and then there was travis tritt you know who i, I uh, travis was the guy I sort of between the all of them you know trav between garth and, and clint and alan jackson you know travis was the one guy that didn't wear a hat you know and i mean ironically i wear hats all the time now but like back Man. then but yeah travis was a southern rock guy and and so he was the guy that i really grabbed onto and I really sort of dug into and and through Travis 
um, I learned uh, that's where I that's where I found Steve Earle. That's where I found Bob Seger. That's where I found like all the guys. And, you know, through those guys, I found Towns Van Zandt, Van Morrison. And, and you know, it just led me led me down this path of, of you know, the I mean, it, it, in my opinion, if you're going to learn how to be a songwriter, you should go study from the masters, you know, the Jackson Browns or the world of John Prines, the, the Van Morrisons and guys like that. You know, I mean, guys that have been, like I said, I, I feel like they've they've mastered their craft. And and uh, and and those were I mean, Travis and those guys were the gateway to it, you know, yeah. so I, I, I think that's really cool. And I, I love that because that era, like you're right, like, right. Um, you know, you had guys like Clint Beck, but they weren't they weren't like because so, because. You know, obviously we bring up straight all the time, right? Like straight's got 60 yeah. number ones, right? Like some guys right. are just really great song pickers and there is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but then you have guys like Garth who pay homage to the guys that write those great songs, right? Like the Tonys and, and there's, there's a, you know, so many people um, on that list, but, but like, it's, it's funny. Cause like when you talk to Tony, like he talks about how, you know, how much Garth loved that song. And like, he was playing the bluebird one night. And Garth said, like, what is that? What is that song? Right. Like, that, that, that's so cool. Right. So, so yeah. it, it's cool to see guys that maybe don't write all their own stuff, but they love the guys that do. Um, just a random modern, a modern example, like a Morgan Wallen's a good example too, right? Like he writes all his own stuff or a lot of his own stuff, but he also loves paying homage to the guys that write the songs for him. So um, just, just in, yeah. in, in, in that aspect of things, but, but I think that's really, really cool that Travis was a huge inf influence. Cause like for me, that was a really, cause obviously I always talk about this and I probably talked about this in last week's episode too, but uh, I worked backwards, right? Like I started with what was on the radio and I backed it up um, just based on what was, you know, in my face at that moment. Right. When I got to Travis, I was like, Whoa. It was like yeah. this. It was like this growl. It was like this deep growl, right? And it was this powerful voice, and it was like something that I've not heard across the board. Right. Um. That was really eye opening to me. Incredibly mm -hmm. eye opening. Um, Especially really if you're into southern rock. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and that was the cool thing with him. Like, you know, uh, I was I was really into Skinner. You know, I was a guitar player before I ever sang. I, you know, and before and and then I, you know, I I kind of wrote songs last, and so. But, you know, because I was a guitar player, I was always into guitar stuff, you know, yeah. anything and kind of not necessarily metal stuff, but in, in like, you know, Southern rock stuff, like the harder, the better, you know, like Brother Kane, and the Cheetah Wheelies and and Ian Moore and just a lot of a lot of cool kind of, you know, uh, under the radar 90s blues rock. You know what I mean? Like I dug that kind of stuff. And Travis was the closest thing commercially to that stuff. Also, really successful in commercial country. You know what I mean. Sure. So, just I mean, that was a real big influence. Do you know? Uh, do you remember the first Travis song you listened to, and you were like floored, and you're just like, "What the like, like?" Because for me, like I, I remember the first time I listened to Unanswered Prayers, and I was uh -huh. like, "What the hell is this?" Right. Yeah. So, so there's that song for me. I don't know if it's like that for everyone, but was it, was there one for you with Travis? I mean, the cool thing was with him, like, you know, I like I remember when Country Club was out. OK, so, so that that was the first one. That was a good, good old fashioned honky tonk, you know, two step, you know, which is fine. But then then put some driving your country came out and I was like, OK, wow, that sounds, you know, and I mean, he even mentioned like Dwayne Allman and stuff like that in those songs. And then the ballad started. And that was the cool thing about what he did. You know, he put he put edge to like anymore and help me hold on and drift off to dream and stuff like that, like in like. And also that was a time when, 
you know, there were, there was no YouTube and there was no, you know, you, like if, if you wanted to learn how to play something, you had to get, get your guitar teacher to teach yeah. you or, or you had to figure it out. But like songs like that were the songs that, you know, for a, 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 like the thing was at that time, and it's still like that nowadays with the, with the electric guitar, there's so many effects and so much processing involved. Like you really kind of can't hear like note for note you can if you know what you're listening to right. but like it takes a long time to learn those kind of things but with an acoustic instrument you can't hide that stuff like it you know a note is a note you the chord is the chord and so with songs like drift off to dream you know and randy travis had a song called promises that was on that uh that night great. was great and and that's where I, you know that's where i learned to play singletary's version is great too by the way oh uh, really i have to listen that up i, I love I singletary's version yeah 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 great and you could, but you could hear every note that was played on the guitar. And so I learned how to, how to, you know, how to use my fingers more than just a pick and which yeah. is develop my style. I have a kind of a, I don't want to say it's a, it's not completely unique. I mean, a lot of people use, you know, they, they keep a pick with their low end and then they use these fingers. And so, but that's how I, that's how I learned. I learned that through you know, playing promises and stuff. So because you, learn I by, you learn by ear. No. Huh? You learn by ear. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, you read music or no? No, no. I, it's the funny thing is about reading music. I feel like it's kind of like learning Latin. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in all the years I've been playing, I played. I played with one guy that that his name was Alan Goodman. He was from Sacramento, and and he could read music because, well, I'm sorry, he was from Anaheim, and so, but but he had a had a gig with the symphony, and so he played guitar for like the jazz symphony, and so in order to do that, he had to learn how to read music, and I think. He may be the only guy that I know. I mean, wow. horn players, you know, they have to they have to read music. But like as far as guitar players go, you don't read you don't meet very many of them that can read music anymore. It's kind of sad. And there's, a, there's a part of me that that wishes I, I'd you know kind of stuck with it. But I don't know. Like I said, it's almost it's almost like being fluid in Latin. You know, yeah. you, there's there's no, no need. Sure. That's that's crazy. It's funny because um, and this is just very random. But my uncle just is a retired cop. He, always love playing music he plays music on the weekends at you know random bars around my area and whatever and he's been playing with this guy named phil and phil and my uncle have been playing music together for probably 35 years if not yeah. more than that and it's just the two of them phil's retired too and they just go out and play my uncle can't <laughs> read music and phil can so it's like phil reads music and, and gets into all like the notes and my uncle just like hears it for the first time and then he's got it so yeah it, but it's, it's crazy it's, it's it's a crazy thing it's something i've never been able to grasp but it's crazy it's absolutely yeah crazy. it is it is wild you know and and then there's you know i think the, the that whole nashville number system thing that it i mean they've got books written about that kind of stuff but once you can get your head around the number system you kind of can't you kind of can't unlearn the number system, like where you can, you know, I mean, read music, you can, you can learn it and then you can forget, but like with the numbers, numbers are kind of, you, you kind of learn how to communicate. Like, like I can communicate with my band live in real time with the number system. You know what I mean? So, so it's, you know, there's, there's, there's still ways to, to read music without reading it. But yeah, I mean, I, I hate, I hate that really. Like I said, I, I don't want to, I don't want to discredit the art because there is an art to it, but yeah. it's, I don't know many people that do anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing. I, I, I couldn't, it is, it is harder to fathom that someone can't read music and knows how to play the guitar than it is that someone can read music. Uh, but even that is hard to fathom. So it's like one of those things. Yeah. Like, Whoa. 
Oh, and like guys that, you know, I'll, I'll see it like the church pianist. I mean, like they'll, they'll sit down and play a whole piece of music and they won't even like they can yeah. play it, but then they won't be able to go back. Like if you hid the music from them, they couldn't do it again. Yeah. To me, that, that blows my mind. I, I can't understand how like you can you can know it and but still not know it. Right. You know? That's that's crazy. There's no, too. There's no retention, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's crazy, too. I, I, I don't understand that either. Hey, but, <laughs> but, but that's coming from a that's coming from a guy who just like, I'm not musically talented. So like a lot of this stuff is just like gibberish to me. Right. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, like I know what I'm hearing and I know what right. sounds good and I know the words that I like and I know what makes sense and meshes well. And, you know, like, by God, I've had moments where I listen to a song for the first time. That's like an unreleased song. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like this is insane. Right. Like, like I have those moments, like that's how I process stuff. But like you put music in front of me, I got my parents put me in piano when I was a little kid. I played for a few years. Can't play a lick of piano. I have no idea right. what I'm doing now. I tried guitar when I was a little kid too. Once, twice. My third time was most recently when I was in college. I bought a guitar, really tried to learn because my roommate, when we were 18, uh, started to play guitar. And now he's like a really good guitar player and it took him like, you know, almost 10 years, but now he's like really good. And I was like, man, if he can do what he's doing in four years, I can do that too. No, I couldn't do it. So <laughs> that's it. I've, 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 I've moved on from that part of life. I'm a listener. I'm an analyzer. Yeah. That's about it. That's all you get. You're giving it an honest effort. Good. Well, at least, you know, you know I what tried, I mean? Dude. I tried. I tried. <laughs> guitar is still to... upstairs. The guitar is still yeah. in my closet. That's all I'm saying. But I, I tried and that's it. I'm, I'm a listener. I'm an analyzer and I'm a pretty damn good in, in the car when I'm alone singer. So that's all I'm saying. Right. Um, I love it. But oh, so let's, let's, um, there's something I want to bring up here and it's, it's about, you know, you mentioned Nashville and, and, and how you write in Nashville and, and you live in Alabama, you're, you're a dad. So obviously that's why you live in Alabama too, but right. um, you have a family. You're not just like some dude on the road, just going back and forth. But um, so where did you find, cause, cause you started going to Texas years ago at this point, right? Like, like it's not a new thing. So, and I feel like that was kind of before, like, I don't even know how to word this, but like, basically how'd you do it without being in music city? I feel like that's a big thing, right? Like people are always like, you gotta be in national and you don't like, I know for a fact you don't, you just don't have to do that. But years ago, I probably wouldn't have had that same answer. So like, yeah. how did you navigate all of these three lives and do it successfully? It, I mean, honestly, it's, it, it's not easy. And I mean, I, I will say this, I, I make it, I make it harder on myself to okay. make it easier on the people that I love. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, we don't, and I, I think, I, I think that's the, I think that's the key. I, I think the key is as long as your intentions are pure and as long as you do whatever it is that you do, if you move to Nashville for the right reasons, then you moved and you did the right thing. If you stay out of Nashville for the right reasons, then you did the right thing. I mean, you know, I, I have a, I have an apartment there, you know, but we just, you know, my, my wife and I, we live uh, in, in, in Tuscaloosa area because that's where she, her family's from. My mother's, you know, she's about three hours away, you know, and so, so we, we live here because this is the place that we're the most comfortable raising our family. We need, yeah. you know, we need our family to help raise our children. It's important to us, you know, and, and my family is just, you know, I mean, the, the, the music is, is a, a great job, but it is the means to the end of, of being a dad and being a husband. And, and, and you know, and I know that, I mean, I could, I'm sure I could find a way to make more money, but I don't know that I'd be happier, you know what I mean? And, and, and we do fine. I do great, you know? And so, so that's the, it's the best of both worlds. And, 
And um, but yeah, I mean, we that's that's the 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 thing. I, I I do it this way because I know that it's 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 easier when I'm gone. My wife can go to her parents' house and have them help watch the kids. You know what I mean? And and then she's just closer to her sister lives here, and they have four kids, and so you know we there's just a a larger family environment, and and that's what's best for our children, and that's what's you know because it's best for our children, it's what's best for us. And so yeah, I mean I put a lot of miles on my vehicle, and and I know that I know that that there are opportunities that I miss not being in Nashville. There are opportunities that I miss not being in Texas, but but I still have plenty of opportunities yeah. um, enough to where you know I don't I don't feel like I don't I know I know I'm doing my best work, and this is the best that we can do, and this is the right thing for us to do. And so so that's the thing, you know. I mean, I, as long as you can weigh out the pros and the cons and your positives and negatives. And you can say, okay, I'm going to make this decision, not because I don't want to live in Nashville because I don't want to fire. I don't want to do all that crap. I want, you know, that's, that's the wrong attitude to have. You know, if you say, I want to live here because I know this is the best thing for me and my family and my career, then that's good. If you say, I don't want to live here because it's the best thing for me and my family and my career, then you, then you're making the right decision. Either way is the, if it's right for you, then it's the right, the right choice. I respect that. I respect that a lot. And, and there's a few reasons why, but, but I think that what you, what you said was really important is like, you could do something else, but you probably wouldn't be as happy. Right. Right. But also exactly. on the contrary, you said music is a mean to be a father and be a husband and, you know, have what you want in life because of that. And that's what, how a lot of people approach day jobs. Right. And your day job just happens to be in my eyes, the coolest thing in the world. So it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's how you take it. And it's, awesome that you're such a family man you're so family driven it's really cool uh one thing that just popped out out to me is like i use the muscadine bloodline boys is a really good example right it's like they're they're doing the thing right and they're doing exactly how and they probably could be bigger like we know that i know you know you know them they're alabama guys right i've been listening for 10 years i remember when when jenny came out and it was like you imagine uh, a 15 year old kyle corb was pulling up to to high school in suburban new jersey listening to jenny Right. Like in what world? It doesn't make sense. But um, <laughs> like you think about those guys and like and they're doing it exactly the way they want to do it. And they're not really changing for anyone. And and they understand they could probably be bigger, but it doesn't matter to them because what they have is important. They know that they're loving what they're doing and they're having fun doing it. And I think that's important. And I think that's exactly what you have here. Right. It's like, you know, exactly what you have to do to succeed. And there's different areas of the country that those success is coming, but then you have one home base. I think that's great. I think it's awesome. Thank you. Well, and also, you know, I mean, I think, I think the Muscadine guys are a good example of the fact that like, you know, you can, you can be, you can be really content with less when you own more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when, when, when more of it's yours, I mean, dude, those guys, like, I think they press up their own t-shirts and stuff like that. Like they have their own, like they have, I mean, and this is what I admire the most about Charlie and Gary is the fact that like, they both said, we're just going to look, we're just going to do this ourselves. You know what I mean? And like, and like by doing it themselves, like we do it ourselves too. And brother, sure. we struggle. I mean, it is, it is hard work. Yeah. It's hard work to run a label and to kind of handle your own merch and stuff like that. And those guys, I mean, you know, they're doing it in like in, in an enormously higher volume, sure. enormously higher volume. And so, I mean, you know, hats off to them. And, and not only that, I mean, man, I, in fact, I saw them, I saw them over the weekend that we went to see them. Uh, we, we, my, my family, uh, Brittany's family has a place down in, in uh, Gulf Shores area. And those guys were down at the wharf opening for Turnpike. Huh. 
we took the girls to go see him. You know, it's the first time they'd ever like sat in a crowd for the show and stuff like oh. that. So, and I wrote a lot of songs with him. I mean, you know, that, that last album, um, I think I wrote six songs on that last record. Cool. So yeah. Very so cool. I have a lot of, a lot of admiration and respect for what they're doing. Yeah. They're cool, man. I saw him for the first time, like three weeks ago, they actually came up to New York for the first time ever. And, there's like maybe 300 people in the crowd. And it was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was pretty damn yeah. cool. I mean, they just and, kill and it. To, 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 to hit on your point, like their merch guy works his ass off. He's a great dude. I met him in the city. He was a really nice guy. And he's a big Yankee fan, which is funny. So we talked about that a little bit. But but he, they work their butts off. And like, I'm pretty yeah. sure they have a whole like floor of a house that is just for merch. And he goes in there and he boxes everything. And sh- like as a guy, like I ran early on and i still do every once in a while like i'll like have hats made or shirts made when i'm feeling yeah. creative right and it's more or less just to like send people because it's really cool to see them wear them on stage and whatever else yeah. and, and um nothing nothing crazy i think i make a very make a very small amount but when i get that shipment in i gotta box them all myself and i gotta write all the labels out and i gotta send them out and then you realize shit i charged x amount for a t-shirt but shipping is x amount and i'm just breaking even it's like wow like i just really <laughs> worked all that hard for nothing right but i know but you realize you realize how much you know by doing so you realize kind of how much is involved in doing it right. and even the well, same thing with us i mean you know we we keep we keep a, a lot of merch in stock my wife is pretty good at it but even with us like i mean we have a company here that we use however i mean like those guys don't even have a company that they use like that like they press those themselves i mean like they're they do it all themselves it's really i mean again there it's 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 pretty impressive that's cool that's really really cool it's it's yeah. impressive I, hats off to them i think that they're great um it's just it's awesome. music's a crazy thing um your, your daughters how old are they i have one that's uh about to be 25 she'll be 25 next month and then i have one that's uh drew seven and then edie's five so oh. i have I have one that's grown and then one that's in first grade and one that's in kindergarten yeah you uh is there because because so so your daughter's your oldest daughter's my age. And so when you were starting out uh, compared to where you're like, does she think that you're cool? Like that's, that's, that's my thing is like, like the, does, does she have friends that listen to your music? Like, does she think that you're cool? I feel like that's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. She kind of does. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Good for her. <laughs> I love it. Cause you know, you know how well, many people like say that they, that they have parents that are like the coolest thing, but like, they don't think that they're that cool. It's just dad or mom. So I think right. well, and with Ashlyn, with the oldest, my oldest one, you know, she kind of, you know, when she was young, th- this wasn't such a lifestyle. You know what I mean? Like it was like I was I was just getting my feet on the ground, like just learning to write songs. I mean, so I mean, she was born in 98. So, I mean, you know, 98 and then 2004 was when we kind of hit the road. So so she was able to remember a certain period of my life when this wasn't a big deal. Right. So she kind of remembers the the before the beginning. Right. And with Drew and Edie, like they like this is the I mean. Well, yeah. we were just laughing about it the other night because like you know the girls will go well i mean case in point you know the first time i played the grand Ole opry you know i mean it's it's the grand Ole opry okay i walked on the stage i'm nervous i'm scared to death you know i don't look up but the only time i look up i kind of kind of glance out at the crowd and i see these two ipad screens like glowing in these two <laughs> faces. Like, oh, that's my kids you know what i mean like <laughs> like this is i mean you know they were just backstage throwing popcorn at like crystal gale or something like that <laughs> So, so the things that are, that are the most, I mean, man, I didn't go to, I didn't go to a concert until I was in high school, you know? And so I, mean, I was just so enamored with, with just every aspect of, of just all of it. I just, it was, it was just all such a, such a, a massive, enormous 
just mind-blowing thing. And they just they're watching their iPads, man. I you love know? It. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. That's incredible. Well, like if you think about it, you're right. Like that's this is all they know. And like right. I don't understand if someone's cool or not. I mean, they're they're kids. They're kids. Kids are yeah. just kids. They do what kids do. So like, but yeah. I think that's I think that's so funny. Um, I, I love that. I also love recently I saw um a story on one of the socials of you uh putting your daughter's hair in a ponytail and you did yes. that twisting trick where she just twists around and then it twists up. Yeah. Think think smarter, not harder. That's right. That was the one year anniversary for that too. And the funny thing is, like, you know, because uh, you know, strangely enough, and this is what I you know, girl dads uh we find this out fast, like buns are hard, you know, like I'm <laughs> You know, it's so like you kind of have to take some time to do it. And like I, I haven't perfected. That's the only way I perfected the arts, just holding it, let her spin around. And I caught that from another dad on TikTok or something yeah. like that. But yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because like today was like the one year anniversary of of, yeah. of doing that. We posted that. Man, that's funny. Yeah, it, it's it's still that's a that's a, a, a try. Are, are you a hairstyle guy? Can you like do braids and stuff, or are you just like can, one and that's it? I can do just a regular braid. I'm good at a regular braid, but wow. like. I've tried, you know, I've tried to learn the French braid and yeah. I've watched YouTube videos and I gave up pretty fast. I said, this is, wow. this is not, it's not for me. And my children aren't going to sit still long enough for me to figure this yeah. out. And they, they bitch at me about pulling their hair and stuff like that. And I don't Jack have of all trades, man. Jack of all <laughs> trades. Look at you <laughs> go. Right. It's my, my sister's, my sister's a lot young. She's about seven eight years younger than I am. And so when, so, uh, like when I was a kid, I would always joke around, like, let me, let me put your hair in a braid. Can't figure it out. And then, yeah. uh, during 2020, during COVID, we were all locked in the house together and uh, my hair got really, really long. Like right now I have like, like a good head of hair, but it got like, I'm talking like shoulder length long, right? Nice. And nice. Really long. Like I have a college yearbook. Don't know why. And I can't wait to show my kids that picture one day and say, look at the head of lettuce your dad was rocking. <laughs> it was great. This is what it, was thick. it was great. It was great. But when my hair got really, really long, uh, I was like, Dana, like braid it see if you can braid it and she yeah. was able to get two two full braids down the back wow. and like you mentioned the hair thing it hurt she was like really i'm like what are you doing you're gonna pull it out of my head so now i get it i understand yeah. I get it. that's yeah. that's tough it's, that hurts it hurts not easy that's yeah, not it does. Easy. yeah whatever i don't know it's not easy it's that's crazy crazy it's stuff funny. crazy stuff all right so um you mentioned um writing with miranda lambert um, yeah. Miranda's obviously mega star. Uh, I've pretty much loved everything Miranda's ever done. Um, yeah. Cool moment. A few years ago, I got to see her live for the first time. And uh, I, I like brought my parents with me and just because it was far away. And I was like, I need someone to go. And it was a random weeknight or, or like a Thursday or something. And I was going to go by myself and my parents be my parents. Like, no, we'll go with you. And I was like, okay. So they came. I loved every second about it. And my parents were like, yeah, she's, she's good. We just like, they didn't know any of her songs. I was like, you don't understand how good she is. Like, it's insane. But you meet Miranda and like, how does that all come to be? Because like, you know, sometimes like you meet someone, you go, okay, there's something here, but also it's like, you want to toe the line. Right. So was it a long game or was it like something really short where you're like, you guys start writing together. And then next thing you know, you're writing songs professionally. Man, my relationship with her has been a really special one for a long time. I mean, you know, and, and a lot uh, to, to her credit, a lot of it has to do with the fact that, like, I, I'm with you. I mean, she's she's probably the most famous person that I know. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, has and kind of has always been like, as far as like fame, she's the most famous person that I know. However, she is 
has always been a phone call away, no matter what it is. I mean, like no matter what I need, if it's advice, if it's friendship, if it's if it's just, hey, how you doing? No matter what it is. I mean, she's always a phone call away. And and so, you know, and we met. So it's it's a bit of a long story and it's probably my bio. But like, you know, I was playing a place in New Braunfels, Texas. It was a Tuesday night and uh, I was doing a radio show there. And, uh, and her, her mother, she and her mother were on vacation. Their car broke down. And so they had to wait overnight to, to get the car fixed. And they were like, well, let's just go get a little Airbnb right here. And this was a bed and breakfast back then. But um, and, and, you know, we'll just wait and uh, and wait till they can fix the car in the morning. And we'll go get a drink over here at the bar. And that was the bar I was playing at. And so wow. when I was done playing, you know, she walked she walked up to me. And this was like crazy ex-girlfriend was out then. So it's like yeah. that was second album, you know. And so she was, you know, pretty successful, but not what she is now. But uh, but she was successful enough where I knew exactly who she was. I mean, Casey Musgraves was with her. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was, wow. it was an interesting night. Yeah. And so so, you know, she came and introduced herself to me. I gave her a CD uh, that that 21 to enter CD. That was the only one I had then. I and, love uh, it. <laughs> I know. And she and and I mean, I think like a matter of um, within two weeks later, her mother called and said, hey, will you come play Miranda's birthday party? And that was it. I mean, after that, I mean, oh. she, you know, I played the birthday party. We wrote some songs. Um, I went and met her in Nashville and she introduced me to Frank Liddell, who was the pr- who produced, I mean, a bunch of her records. Um and then uh, Frank is the guy that got that signed me to my first publishing deal to Carnival Records. Yeah. And so I was there for seven years. That's where I met Brent. That's where, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I, I honestly, if, you know, if there's someone who discovered me, if there's somewhere, someone that gave me a shot, I'd say Miranda's the one that did yeah. it. You know, she kind of and she's just a, she man, she's just always been supportive. You know, I mean, there's like I said, I mean, if I I mean, you know, harder stuff like she it, it did not take much to get her to come sing on that song. You know, I mean, Brent just said, he, you know, we had a great song. Brent Brent called and he said, hey, I called Miranda and asked her if she wanted to sing. She come in, she sang on it. And, and you know, it was I mean, so she's always just been really, really, I mean, a, a, a supporter, you know. And, it's so and cool. I don't, yeah. And I mean, we're, you're talking about this is probably a I mean, that probably 10, 15 year friendship, you know. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. I love that. And I love when that, when, when people bring up stories of just, you know, people who are like Miranda Lambert's some people's heroes, like, like yeah. that is, that is a hero for a lot of people. Right. And it's cool to hear that she is, well, one, she's a great person, but two is just so invested in the song too. Right. Like, like, like we talked about, we talked about guys that just love the song. Right. And and she's one of them. I think that's really, really cool. Especially, you know, being the person in the stature that she is. I think that's really awesome. Um, well, you know, and the thing, and uh, you know, she, you're right. She's in, she's invested in the song and you know, it's, it still shows like, you know, with the Marfa tape stuff, you know, Jack Ingram and John Randall wrote, uh, they all wrote that together. And, and, you know, Jack, Man, Jack has been around a long time, yeah. but you know, I mean, she's responsible for Jack having a Grammy. You know what I mean? Like, and that if there's anybody that's put in the hours to deserve, you know, accolades and awards and stuff like that, I'd say Jack is at the top of the heap. And and you know, but it was it was it was her support and her you know the you know appreciation and respect and understanding of how masterful a songwriter the guy is. That you know she, you know he's he's deserving of a Grammy. And, and had it not been for for you know their efforts, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, they may not have had one, you know. So yeah, anyway. totally. I I I love the Marfa tapes. I think it's a I think it's like a pretty awesome. project. Well, ballsy move too, you know. I, I mean, it was real. I I. I I was 
I didn't know what the hell was going on. You yeah. know what I mean? I thought, oh God, what is she doing? And and I listened to it and I thought, okay, makes sense. You know, I love it. I and you're right, totally, totally ballsy because that could either like I feel like that's a very that's a project that that could either be like everyone loves it or it's a very niche person that loves it, right? Like I like completely it. ignored. That's right. Yeah. It, I mean, the world could have just completely ignored it and right. they did the opposite. Exactly. And 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 like for me, like as a guy who like I you know, I love music. I love, um, and that's part of the reason why I love you, but I love full projects and I love how they all, how each song has got a spot. And like, like right. I love trying to figure out why this song made the project and why it is where it is, whether that's a super in-depth thing that the person's not even thinking about or not. But the thing I loved about the Marfa tapes was that it was so raw, right? Like, like right. there was mistakes in it. You heard the planes overhead, right? Like someone, someone, messed up on a word like it's it was just a very raw thing that i just loved and like they would i think at the end of uh, uh i forget what song it was i forget but there was an end of one of the songs and and someone just goes oh i think that's good and I'm, i love that i love that like, it's, it's, it's awesome i think it's like walk walk to hash i don't know i don't remember which one it was but it was yeah. like it was like oh yeah like that's good and i was like wow this is so great like it's so fun yeah. And it's the stuff that you keep in there. It's just, it's the, it's the, it's the organic aspect yeah. of, of the whole process. And, and that there's a, I'm with, I'm with you, man. There's a time and a place for it. And, you know, we don't live in that world now. And, and, yeah. you know, especially with singles, but even with us, I mean, you know, like we're doing this again, this is, I think this will be the third year in a row that we, that we're going to kind of take the end of the year to put out singles. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, with, 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 you know, DSPs and stuff, you you put out singles leading up to an album, right? But then there are these that 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 stand alone, and so you know it, it, you would think to yourself, well, we'll just put out singles and, and they never be a body of work. And in theory, yeah, that's that's kind of a good idea. But but I'm with you. I mean, I, I like to make albums. I, I think I think the ebb and flow of, of how things go sonically. I think you know music being a part of a bigger body of work i think that's important i you know that's how i've always absorbed music as yeah. this song is a piece of a of a bigger story but then there are also those that just kind of stand alone you know and so and, and so there's i have tons of songs that that i just i go i don't know where this fits this this <laughs> is a great song we love it and especially with brent and i we you know we're going to go back in the studio in december um, and start, you know, we're going to record a couple of singles just because there's a couple of songs that 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 we, you know, they're not going to go on the next record. They didn't go on the last one, but they they're I'm proud of them and they deserve their their moment to shine. We did the same thing, you know, with the different groove thing. You know, I mean, I recorded those in Austin. I did two different songs. I did Broke Not Broken and You Love Me Like That. Like, like those were from the recordings, but not part of, of the, the album, but yeah. still they deserve to have their time. And then, you know, before that, there was the modem cricket song and stuff like that, you know, so just, just things that, that, that sort of are just kind of outliers yeah. that, that, that don't need to be unheard, you know, and that's a good way to, I mean, I feel like that's kind of our strategy to sort of live in the world of singles now and still be an album maker and make albums, but still make singles at the same time. Sure. And I think that it's great. Cause my, my one question was going to was, or something I was going to bring up was the fact that like in the last couple of years, you have done a couple of singles that haven't made projects and you really haven't done that before. And, and are for as long as I've been listening, you haven't been doing yeah. that. And I think that it's really cool that you have a even side of things, right? Like you're not just like, oh, screw singles, but you're not too heavy on the singles, right? Like right, I think exactly. there's a really good middle ground there. And I really think that that's great. Cause you're right. Like sometimes, which goes to show me that when I listen to your, 
records and I say, well, this, this song made this project because of this, right? Like there is thought to that. And that's 100%. Cool. And there, I mean, some people don't think about that anymore. You know what I mean? There's, so, thought, there's thought to the sequence of them too. You know yeah. what I mean? There's the reason why song one is song one. There's, I mean, we, we spend as much time deliberating on that as we do spending time thinking of what the, the album's going to be called or sure. thinking about what the artwork is. Like, it's like the sequencing is important. You know, I mean, it's really right. important. And, and I'm, I appreciate you saying that because I really, you know, it, it, it this is a different day and age. It's a different day and age, but at the same time, it's not so different from what I remember because I remember, I remember people putting out cassette singles. I remember, I mean, I have 45s around here, you know, so I remember times when, when singles were out, but, but a lot of times, you know, singles are put out to sort of be a little bit of a test, like mm -hmm. a test run to see if it's going to work. And and I, that's not necessarily our intention. You know, right. I mean, we just, do it because um, we, we, well, I feel like I know it's going to work. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I feel like I know, I know my audience well enough to know, I, I think you're going to like this. And right. I mean, everybody's entitled to hate it if you want to. I mean, it's yeah. all right. You know, it's, it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's songs that, that just, like I said, they just need their, they need their place in the sun and they may not necessarily be part of a project, but, but the good news is, I mean, you know, the the best part about this whole change of, of infrastructure is the fact that, like, number one, um, until until all this stuff happened, I was putting out albums about every three years, yeah. which is which is a long time. And it was a long time for us uh, then, but it was a, it, it would be impossible now. And, and that was we started doing it faster just because of the fact that that, like, number one, we we realized we were having to start over every time we put a record out and that right. kind of got exhausting. Sure. Number two, I had a lot of material, you know, and I, and I mean, I write, I write all the time. And so I have a lot, there was just this, you just got to this point where it was like kind of like a funneling and it's like, man, I got this song and we forgot about this one. And then there's this one. And wow, why, you know, why didn't we record this one? And so we just kind of got tired of saying that just like, Hey man, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing for two days in December? Let's just get in the studio and knock these four songs out. And then we'll put these out and then we'll do the project because, you know, we'll probably go back in February and start doing some stuff. You know what I mean? And, but make it a project, something that we have in store. You know what I mean? Like something that's more directional. And so that's the good thing about all this stuff. It's it's kind of it's kind of put us, you know, I mean, a a spur on my side really you know just to kind of get working a little bit more and that's fun you know i mean like you said it's a lot more work but it's not it, it doesn't make me want to quit you right. know right so and i think that's so important right yeah I, I, the what that, i love to do what i love dude is that is that is that um because you're a songwriter as well as an artist you're always writing right so th that's that's true like you always have so much and you're not limiting yourself to the song just because you're like, okay, you're right. And like, you don't want to restart over. Right. Like it's, and, and unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, like in today's day and age, like you put a record out, like, you know, your newest record is going to be out. If you're listening right now, the newest record I think is literally out today, almost positive either today or next week, one of the two. But yeah. if you're listening and the record's out, right. Like you're going to have 10 songs on this new album in a month. There's going to be someone saying, where's new music, right? Yeah. Like our attention spans are so fast moving that like they just want something new. And, you know, for a guy who's got the songs and loves to make the music, like that's cool. Now there's people that 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 take a little bit more time because they don't have the songs. and That's a different story. But but I think it's great that you're pumping them out, even though it's a lot of work. 
and but you still have to do it and that's really important now something you said that i want to bring up really quick is that um we were talking about the way that songs are positioned in records and why they're positioned that way mm-hmm. um i really noticed this and we were, we were bringing up like why you, you know you mentioned how like people don't do that anymore but i also think that there's a small group that doesn't do that and that's just like what people think happens but there's also guys like us that love that and there's a bigger group that just isn't uh totally in the forefront that does that like jake worthington on his newest record did that right like mm. I, I listened to that thing top to bottom and i was talking to one of my buddies who um actually like kind of like does some small stuff in the country music industry and i, I was like dude isn't it great that this song is here and he finishes with like closing time because like it's the closing time of the bar and it's the back end of the record and he goes right yeah but he didn't do that purposely i'm like yeah he did man he yeah, had man. to do it like we're, we're listening to it a different way then because you know for a fact that's why he put X in the middle and X on the bottom. Like it just it is what it is. But um I think Yeah, Jake was- Jake cares, man. I mean, he's I, Jake I, cares. I got, yeah. I mean, and I I've, I've known him just through sequestered songwriters a little bit, but he and I got to write together. Well, it was me and him and Cody Jenks and Brian Martin. So the cool. four of us broke a couple of songs together for Jinx's new record. And and that was the first time that I actually got to sit down and and kind of, you know, share the creative process with him. And uh he's a He's a he's a gem. <laughs> that guy. I mean, what a nice a, guy too. Couldn't be a nice guy. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no faking it. There's I mean, that is he is the genuine article, man. I don't know if he could fake it. If he, if he <laughs> it would it would be ridiculous for him too. Yeah. Correct. It would be it would be hard. That is a guy that just loves country music. I think that's why I love him so much. But um just just a great dude. But um I want to cycle that into this new record, right? So if you're listening now, like I just said, it's either out now. We're out next week. One of the two. Either way, go listen to it. Uh, it's called uh, it's called Adam Hood's A Different Groove, right? Uh, it's 10 songs. You have one, two, I can't count, three, four, five out right now, right? Um, yeah. Buzz Like Neon featuring Ella Langley, who's just a mega star right now. Um, Cars, Trucks, and Me, one of my favorites. Okay. Now, you know, this is rec- going to be record seven, I think, like officially seven. seven yeah, like my full-length album, this is probably seven, yeah. Seven, yeah what does this one mean to you? And also like, you know, this is seven, right? Like you probably spent so many years making the other records. Like, you know, when you, when you put out like the shape of things, that was over 10 years ago. Like, yeah. you know, you put these, these albums out and, and I'm sure like you put them out and you're worried that like, you know, a song like you moving mountains is going to get buried. Right. Like, like now you put projects out and it's like, you, you kind of know what you're doing, right? Like, you know how people are going to take it. So approaching this project, how do you, how do you approach it? And like what songs you want to choose and, and just overall the meaning of the project for you. Well, this one was unique because of the fact that it's a remake. And so like, not only is it a remake, this was a remake of the album that introduced me to the Texas music scene. Like this was the album, like my first full-length studio album my first radio single to texas radio like like these are the songs that that a lot of people that know me this is how they know me and so you know but at the same time um it was it was the first full-length album i ever made i I, i'd never really i mean i I had written songs before like you know justin johnson and i we wrote play something we know together and stuff like that but like co-writing for a project that but i'd never done that until that album i made that album in, in in los angeles i'd never been to I mean, I, you know, I I, I kind of jokingly said I'd never been on a plane until I started going out there, which is probably true. I mean, I might have been on one airplane, but like 
I started flying out to LA pretty, pretty early in my career and, yeah. and, uh, and was out there for three years to make that record. And so, and so, you know, it was, it was the beginning and it's interesting that this being number seven, if seven is a number of completion, that this is full circle, you know, I mean, and with these songs, you know, I, I, I've been living with these songs since 2007, you know, you talk about I me mean, 15 16 years. 16 years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and so, you know, I, I, and not only that, I mean, a lot of these songs, like we have been playing like buzzes, like neon, we had played that song uh, like probably two years before I recorded it. So like there was an arrangement that we had to that song and then we made the record. Yeah. So just, a, you know, just the evolution of these songs, uh, it's it's been a, there's been a long time to live with these tunes and the the beauty is this I you know we recorded it at the finishing school in Austin Texas that's where Gordy Quist and the Band of Heathens did their record yeah. I went to them because of the fact that Jason Eady who's one of my dearest friends Jason made uh, his last record there they made his last two records there and Both I mean love them they're great and I mean I I'm pretty familiar with all of Jason's work but like his just the, the there was a noticeable increase in the quality of his vocal performance and I, I i told jason i said man i said what did you do he said i just went you know we did it at gordy's and i said okay i gotta figure out how to work there and so and so i just kind of got to talking to gordy about it and then and then this this opportunity kind of came up where you know we just you know these songs weren't available on some of these platforms and and people just kind of started asking and and you know i don't even have like we had sold out of hard copies. Like I didn't even have CDs. I, had, I didn't have access to this yeah. album. And so, and so it just, it was one of those things to where it was going to be easier to just re-record it. And, and, and we had, my wife and I had talked about this, but it was like, ah, oh, whatever. I don't really want to mess with that. But then we, I started thinking about it realistically and talking to Gordy because the heathens, you know, if there's one thing that those guys are good at is, is they're good at finding a vibe and they're good at really remaking something like they can really they can go in and reinvent something. They can stay really close to how it goes, but be completely different. And, dude, that's what they did. I mean, you know, Gordy produced this record. And uh, honestly, you know, he he said, with the exception of with the exception of Different Groove, that song, um, we stayed. We kept the arrangements almost the only the only things that we changed arrangement wise were things that I wanted to do, like there was a break in Varnado that I said, I don't want to put that there. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't think it was necessary. So there's like a little, a little pause that I just yeah. took out. There's a line in another song. I think it was like hotel and talking that I just, I changed. I didn't, I didn't want it to say this. And we, we said this and I said, I don't want it to say that. And so, but like these minute details that those guys took, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's those guys playing the song almost exactly the same and look at the result, you know, and, and for me, having lived with these songs that long, it's the closest I'll ever get to like a perfect performance. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Cars, Trucks and Me. I mean, like I didn't sing it correctly, but I sang it as perfectly as I'll ever sing it. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like, that's, you know, because, because I've been able to live with these songs and just, you know, I, I know exactly where it's, these things are second nature to me now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so that's the beauty in it. And and I knew that, you know, one of two things was going to happen. People were going to love this or they were going to hate it, you know? And, and I still, you know, people, I still see people go, I like the original version. And that's cool. You're allowed to, because there's a time and a place for all of it. You know, if I went and re-recorded this house, you might say to yourself, oh, I still like the original version. And that would be totally fine. Sure. It's still my song. I'm still, you know, I, I, I still win. Yeah. But, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I feel like that this is the breath of fresh air and the nice 
you know, coat of whitewash that these songs needed. They they needed it for me. I needed to do this for myself so that I could continue to play these songs and, and have an act because that was the thing, you know, after a long period of time, it just got to this point where we were playing them live and like, well, 22 days is a great example. Like every time I played it live, the guitar solo would change. And it would be because of the fact that like, I just never heard it the same way twice live. And it got really confusing and so this was a, this was a good way to just say, all right, Adam, just figure it out, establish it, and and just ha- however you want to play it, play it like this on the record this time, and let this be what you stick to. And that's what we do. And so and so that's it's, it's that way with all these songs, with Neon, with Whole Town Talking, with Varnado, with all this stuff. Like I can play these songs the way they're recorded now. Yeah. And, and 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 we can we can move on. You know what I mean? Like I can spend the next 15 years of my life playing these songs exactly like it sounds on the record. And we just kind of over the evolution of the albums and just how things change. We just kind of got away from the original arrangements to different groove. And that kind of became a pain in the neck. You know what I mean? Because so you, I'm glad you grow. Right. You grow. Yeah. And that's what happens. Yeah. Right. And, and right. you know, 16 years, that's a long time, man. Like a long time. I know years ago, you don't even want to know what I look like. You know what I'm saying? Like it, <laughs> not the same so like so like but 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 i'm i agree with you it's like you you reimagine them and you sing them the way you sing them now right and like you said it's cool because these are the best versions of these songs and they're already great right like they're already fantastic songs but like and like honestly like i think that in terms of 10 songs or yeah 10 songs like these are great these are perfect songs they're perfect songs now now that being said favorite record is the shape of things i'm biased well Thank besides you. 21 to enter but in terms of like a like a fully produced project my favorite one i don't know why that's i just really really love it but the, from these 10 songs like i think that they're perfect songs and i think that it's really cool that you're going to reimagine them put them on a new record like even having ella on there is like a as like a feature of uh of uh buzzes like that's cool too because it brings a modern side to it to the of like a today a 2023 side of the, to the song and like there's well, people that have been listening to that song for 16 years and now they exactly well and that's the thing with her you know i mean i've known ella for a long time you know i mean i've known her since she was a teenager you know and so so and and as much as i've noticed that she was a teenager this is a song that she's been familiar with and yeah. so you know it was it was kind of it she could come into it with the same attitude that I came into it. Like she, like, like if I asked her, like when I asked her to sing on this, you know, she, she was able to sort of say, okay, I know this song well enough to, to be like, you know, she didn't have to learn the tune. She already knew it. And and by knowing it, she was able to kind of add a vibe to it that, that, that fit, you know, I mean, like I said, it just, it, it, it worked. It worked like a charm. The coolest thing is she's probably covered that song. <laughs> so right. like, that's cool too. Right. I mean, cause, <laughs> yeah, exactly. cause, cause she, she played in the Auburn bars for a while too, for a little bit too. Right. So like, I'm sure yeah, that I mean, was on there one, one, one time or another. So that's, that's cool. right. I mean, that's where I, I, I met her. I mean, she, she opened for us a, a couple of times in a couple of different places. So yeah. 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 I think that's really cool. I love it. Um, are you putting it on vinyl? Absolutely. Yep. Okay, cool. I think I'm gonna have to buy it. I have a vinyl problem. I'm not gonna lie. I I I, I have a. I'm. I mean, maybe not a lot, but if there's something I like, I buy it right away. I don't even think about it. Just I just buy it. So it's Good. just it. That's it. I don't know why. I mean, what are you, What are your thoughts on that? I'm curious because like I love that vinyls come back around, but do you think it's a fad that like eventually is gonna die back out, or do you think that people are doing it because like like we were talking about, people love records, people love full length records, and like you get this hard copy of like, for me, like I have original prints, some of my favorite albums of all time. Like I have, you know, like there's, I, I have all 
what Skinner put out five records before the plane crash. I think I have four of them, like all original prints. Right. So like, right. wow. And they're just coincidence. Like not, or like early prints. I don't know if like, it's like a first print, but um, early prints, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like people love to have this hard copy of things that make them feel something. And I think that that's really cool. There's so many records, like even modern records of people like that are playing music now that, that just put out vinyl. And like, if it means something to me, I buy it. Yeah, and the collect the collectability of of the vinyl is really the the point. I mean, honestly, man, I would say probably sixty percent of the people that buy my vinyl records probably don't have a record player. What they do is they buy it, they get me to sign it, they they take the the, the vinyl out, they or they leave it in, whichever they want to do, and they put it in a frame on their wall. So it's it it operates like a poster just as much as it does like a CD. It operates like a T shirt just like it does a CD. And so so that's the beauty in that. Like it can it, you know it'll I think I think they'll have staying power for that. Yeah. I also think that, you know, the, the beauty is, you know, it because of the fact that it um, because it it has. Once you get it, if you take the time to put it on a record player and to listen to it, I mean, there, you know, s- albums are mastered and mixed for vinyl the same way they're mastered and mixed for digitals. It, it's a, it's a, a different process. And so because it's a different process, it sounds different sonically. There's things that there's a warmth there. There's there's the edges are rounded off. You know, like there's just there's just something that you get analog that you're just not going to get digitally. Just, yeah. And and so and so if you if no matter what your stereo system's like, I mean, I got this old dog right here, and but then we've got a, a newer one that's downstairs that, and same thing. Like both of them, you know, they they both play records, and, and there's a, a completely different vibe. I hear things sonically that I didn't hear on the digital version. You know, yeah. so. So, I, you know, I, th- I think if, if even if you don't have a record player, the fact that people buy it for the collectability is one thing. But I think if they if they took the time to to put it on there, I think that would just be that much more appealing. So, I mean, it, even, even if it is a fad, I think it's a fad that will at least last us another decade. I also know? think that if you're a music fan, it probably will never be a fad. And if like if you're that's a lie, if you're a music <laughs> fan, who if you're a music fan who listens to the vinyl for the purpose of what you want to hear in a vinyl it won't die like i think i think i'll have kids and be married and have a house and i'll still have this big vinyl collection right that like i'll that's prized possession that i won't sell like i've always said that too like i'll never sell anything that i have and like some of it's hand like hand down from from family members that that had pretty big collections and then a lot of it's stuff that i found myself and i bought myself and whatever um but I like yeah. really don't think I'll ever get rid of it. And I think that forever I'll have like what you have, right? Like a stereo system in my, in my turntable and I'll put it on there and I'll have a drink and I'll, you know, I'll listen to it. And I think that that's uh, I don't know, for me, that's like the coolest part about listening to music. So. Um, well, and that's, yeah. And that's the cool thing. Like you said, I mean, you know, you're talking about those, those Skinner albums. I mean, that's like early mid seventies. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's staying power to that. I mean, you're, you know, those albums have been around, since I mean the plane crash, what that was seventy seven. So I mean you know it's had to have been sometime between seventy and seventy five. You know what I mean? So so there's that much that much time that they've existed. And so I think if you know if, if that stuff will exist, and I mean I man I've got Elvis records, I got some old Elvis records. You know yeah. some old ones. Yeah. And so it's and so that's the thing. I mean if that stuff if that stuff's still around. That was, you know, and cassettes just didn't, they didn't last that long. Well, I mean, they just, the the cassette tape, it just, it didn't, it just didn't stand the test of time. You know, I mean, it was, it was a better alternative just because it was, 
because it was more portable, but they just, you know, I mean, those things tore up everybody. They tore up left and right, you know? I mean, and people still like, I I have a couple of cassette tapes that I just like found at a record store for 50 cents. And I just like have a couple just because like, I don't know, they're 50 cents and I just bought them and they sit on a shelf, right? Like that's all. Yeah, they're kind of useless. Yeah. For the world of absorbing music, they're kind of useless. No, yeah. yeah. I I would never like, I I think I have Born in the USA. Nice. Born in the USA, like uh, one of the Queen records, I forget which one. And I have Billy Joel, The Stranger. And I have all three of those on vinyl. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, they just collect us at the end of the day. But like, you know, I guess it's cool if you're a music lover and like whatever, but they're 50 cents. So like, I, that's why, but, but, um, <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, I, I agree. And I think that vinyl is a great way to absorb music. And I also think that like, it takes a certain person, like I'll, I'll put like vinyl on, on my turntable and tell my girlfriend like do you hear this and she'll say no but like i i get it so like it depends on like i don't know i think i think you just have to like really think about it and like you have an ear for it, and either you get it or you don't and that's that simple but right so there's that um but adam dude i really appreciate you coming to hang out with me man talking about this project and just talking about your music in general i'm such a huge fan i have been for a long time and and uh i, I will absolutely continue to be and i'm really excited for this project to come out and i'll hear all these songs um know in a new way and i I think that uh, everyone will also enjoy it as well and i think it's gonna be great so um if you're listening now it's out or it's out next week like i said so one of the two and i hope folks enjoy it man i'm I'm excited about putting it out we're really i mean this is a landmark and so i I, you know like i said it's kind of a full circle moment putting this record out and so uh, i really i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about it and just everything it's like i said i i I dig what you're doing man and and i hope we get to do this again sometime i'll sure i'll when we put stuff out man i'll be in touch for sure please do please do shoot me a text anytime you want to come on you want to talk about new music i'm always down that's the other thing like people are always like man like 170 people i'm like well to be fair, there's like a few in there that actually want to come back and don't think I'm an asshole. And they're like, Hey dude, like, <laughs> come on and hang. Like, can we, can I come hang out? Which I'm totally for it. Right. Like, I, like can't, I can't imagine anyone thinking you're an asshole, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I want to be around those folks, man. I'm not, I'm not intimidating. So I can't be an asshole, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, you know, so whatever, but it's funny. Cause like my brother would be like, man, like someone actually wanted to come back and hang out with you. I'm like, why do you say it so negatively? It's like, I'm, I'm not that bad of a dude. I just want not to- at all. No, not at all. This I is love fun. It. I love it. It's so great. But anytime you want to come back and talk about music and, and whatever, even you just want to come and hang out, like let me know and then we'll make it happen. No problem. Of Thank you. Well, and keep me posted when you come to Nashville. Like I said, I got an apartment up there. And so I'm, I'm up there a lot. I'm, a, you know, we, we live here, but I'm only like three and a half hours. So, I mean, yeah. I can- I can usually write in the morning and be home by dinner time. So, cool. so I'm pretty bad. I'll let you know, man. I'll let you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think I, I said this on last week's episode. I'm saying it again to put it in fruition. I, I think that I'm really shooting for like the end of October, beginning of November. I just got back, but I heard, I'm already itching for more. So, uh, so like, like we were talking about before shaking hands. So, so I hope, hopefully yeah. I'll go back in a couple of weeks and, uh, or in, in a month or whatever it is. And, and, and we'll go from there, but I'll totally let you know. Cool. Everybody you should go follow Adam, uh, on Instagram, uh, Adam hood music, all one word, uh, stay up to date with music, uh, the new, the new record, uh, different groove, uh, Adam Hood's a different groove out now or out next week. Uh, Adam's going on tour with Whiskey Myers and in December and, and you can uh, check out all show announcements and all that good stuff uh, at his Instagram and all his social medias and, and make sure you go stream all his music wherever you stream. Uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Uh, It's there. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a blast. I'm Kyle Corbus. That's Adam Hood. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.